As Christian dads, we are directed to bring up our kids in the training and the instruction of the Lord. And one of the best ways we can do that is to have them memorize the scriptures. Welcome to Fathering Our Future, the podcast for dads. I'm Anthony Vandegrift, and I am not the perfect dad, but every day I am trying to be better. Today, I am joined by the executive director of the National Bible Bee. His name is Brian Mullins, and he is here to talk to us about a program designed to help our kids not only know how to study the Bible, but also have them memorize the scriptures. If you're a dad who wants to embrace your God-given mission, make sure you subscribe to Fathering Our Future wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also get more content on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And if you want even more than that, then head over to www.fatheringourfuture.com. Well, Brian, thank you so much for being with me. How are you doing today? I'm great, Anthony. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm happy to be here with you. Well, I'm glad to hear that, and I'm glad you're here with me. I came across the National Bible Bee because I saw an ad on Facebook, and when I first saw it, I've got to tell you, I'll be honest with you here, I chuckled a little bit, uh, not because I thought it was humorous. It was more so out of irony and maybe sarcasm because I was involved in a program called Bible Quizzing for 10 years as a competitor. And in my time as a Bible quizzer, I quizzed for name recognition and trophies. And most of those trophies were made out of plastic. Some of them at the higher level competitions were these nice glass trophies or wooden trophies. But I saw that the National Bible Week gives away cash prizes to the competitors. And I thought to myself, all this time, I've been doing it wrong. I could have, I could have set myself up, put a down payment on a house or paid for college. I could have done so much with, with the money. Uh, but that's how I first came across it. But I, I, I love, I love uh, the concept. It's very similar to what I did as a young person. And I think that scripture memorization is just a key component to our Christian faith. And so I'm happy that you've come on to talk about this because as fathers, this is something that we should, I believe we should want our kids to be engaged with because for me, growing up, being involved in Bible quizzing, adding that competitive nature, which I'm very competitive by nature, but adding that competition element to studying the word of God gave it an additional incentive, but it also made it fun for me. Uh, it allowed me to have other experiences. It allowed me to travel. And so scripture memorization gave me other benefits that as a young person, I valued uh, pretty highly. But the beautiful thing is that when I was done, that word was still in my heart and it became something that I was able to over time understand deeper and appreciate even more because I made the investment as a young person. And so I, I love the concept of what's happening at the National Bible Bee. And you are the executive director. I'd like you to tell me a little bit more about what that necessarily means, what you do. Uh, and then I want you to talk about the National Bible Bee and what exactly it is and what all it entails. Yeah, thank you, Anthony. Uh, yeah, I am the executive director. Um, that's a fancy title for just a guy that makes it happen sometimes. Sure. <laughs> uh, but I lead a great team. I'm, I'm very privileged to have an awesome team. We've been working together with our same core team for eight years now. And so that continuity has been amazing. And, sure. you know, my, my responsibilities are, are really just to make sure that from an operation standpoint, that we're 
operating smoothly, we're efficient, that we're, you know, meeting our metrics and that sort of thing on, on the business side of things. But um, uh, more so important, engaging with the families, making sure we're staying on the mission, making sure our team is pulling in the right direction. And, and you know, our, our goal as an organization is to engage. We're, we're pretty singular in what we do. You know, we, we have one big mission, and that's to engage young people with the study and memorization of scripture. And then to give them opportunities to proclaim it. That, that's our mission. So um, just making sure we keep on that mission, that everything that we do is lining up with that. And then, you know, some of the logistics stuff as well. But thankfully, I have a great team um, that, that pulls with me and, and we're able to uh, we all wear a bunch of hats and we all do lots of different things. But at the end of the day, you know, we get to see these young people impacted by, by God's word. And mm-hmm. so it's it's incredibly rewarding. Yeah, absolutely. And it is a wonderful thing to be able to see. Uh, I loved Bible quizzing so much that when I was done as a quizzer, the way that ours worked is it was uh, team oriented. So it wasn't just on individual performance. So our teams had coaches. So I went on to be a coach for a few years. And then ultimately I became the uh, district coordinator for North Texas uh, for our organization. And I did that for five years and I've still stayed involved and helped and assisted and volunteered where I could. And technically it was all volunteer for me. I didn't get paid for any of that, Um, but it was fun and I loved it. And like you said, it's beautiful to see what happens in young people's lives when they start to study and memorize the word of God. How many young people and kids, I know you do a wide range. Do you, is it five to 18? Right. Five to 18. Okay. Five to 18. So within that age range, um, how many, how many kids and young people do you have involved in NBB? So we, this last summer, we actually experienced a pretty phenomenal growth track, but we had just under 13,000 kids nationwide. And really um, this last year, we actually had 16 countries. So international kids from 16 okay. different countries outside the U.S. So, but yeah, about 13,000 total, and they're from all 50 states. And um, like I said, about 16 countries around the world. So um, it's it's growing, and we're thankful for that because it means, you know, more kids are studying Scripture and more families yeah. are engaging around God's Word. So yeah, um, that's incredible. it's pretty cool to see that growth. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I know it's national Bible B, but 16 countries, is that members from other countries? traveling to the U.S. to compete, or are there other branches of NBB that happen in other countries around the world? Yeah, so the beauty of what we do is that you can do it from anywhere. You don't have to be here. Now, when it comes to the competition element, you know, that's kind of, we do two sort of stages. We have a summer study that's curriculum-based that we produce curriculum, and you can do that from anywhere. It's an eight-week study, an inductive Bible study that teaches kids how to study scripture, and that we've built it in such a way that it can be done from anywhere. And so sometimes the international folks might be missionaries that are living abroad or they might just have seen us on Facebook and they, hey, I, I really want this for my kids. So they can do that part of it from anywhere. They don't really have to travel unless, you know, the, the, the national competition component that requires some travel. But for the summer part, they can do it from anywhere. OK. OK. That's incredible. And as far as the national competition is concerned, this is this is a game show style. Is that correct? Right. Yeah. Once we get to the semifinal and final rounds, it's like a full on game show production style competition. That's really cool. And how many uh, how many how many competitors does it boil down to when you get to the semifinals? Yeah. So we go there's three hundred and sixty total. So out of the thirteen thousand, there's three hundred and sixty that qualified that'll be with us um, in November. And so it's you know, it's quite competitive at the top. 
And so from that, that 360 is 120 in each of those age divisions. So we have a okay. primary, it's like seven to 10 years old. And then junior is 11 to 14 and then seniors 15 to 18. So we take 120 to 125 of the top contestants. They come to the nationals and they compete. They have preliminary rounds. And then by the time we get to semifinals, it's down to 15 in each of those divisions. So it's wow. ultra competitive. Yeah. Wow. So just because this is different than what I did, tell me how, how does it work as far as the, um, call it the qualifiers, I guess, before you get to the semifinals, when you're just doing the individual competition, you said that you don't have to necessarily be in the U.S. to do that. So is there some sort of online platform? How does, how does that work? Yeah. So like uh, just real briefly, we, we have it broken down to two phases. So the on-ramp for everything that we do is what we call the summer study. And that's where they go through the eight-week curriculum. That's from wherever. And then at the end of that, if they're competition-minded, we have lots of kids that and families that will do it just as a family devotional type study, right? They're not necessarily competition minded. They just really want to get dug into God's word, which is fantastic. But if they are competition minded, there's a qualifying test that is completely online. They can take from anywhere. And that's kind of how that's the cutoff. So if you score in the top uh, 120 in your division, that's how you qualify to be invited to the national competition. So that's kind of like the breakover between the the local level study from anywhere to hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna show up at wherever we're holding nationals that year and compete for some scholarship money. Okay, that's very cool. Very very cool. And so the the prize money is that is that scholarship based? Does that go to a particular uh, college institu- institution, or is that something like? Because I, the the first ad I saw, I think the prize was fifty thousand dollars. So is that's not just like a here's fifty thousand dollars for memorizing scriptures. You're the best in the nation, or how does that work? Yeah, so that's a really good question. It's a common one. Um, it it really is the the contestant's choice. And so when they come to nationals, um, there's a whole prize layout, right? Like we give away upwards of one hundred and fifty thousand dollars in wow. cash and scholarship. Um, between all the divisions, right? So we try to award, our goal is to try to award as much as we can to as many kids. I mean, just to make it to nationals is an incredible accomplishment. You figure sure. if you're one out of 13,000 that's making it, that we, we try to reward that and incentivize that the most we can. But so at the top five, so the finalists in each division, they basically choose, they tell us, hey, if I win first, second, third, fourth, fifth, here's how I want to break it down. And they mm-hmm. can choose a mix of cash and scholarship. And yeah, the, the first prize for the senior division is $50,000. And so wow. some will take that and fund their college and some will take it and start a business. We've had both. Yeah. And so That's we allow them cool. to, to choose what's the path for them, right? Because not everyone's college bound and we sure. recognize that. And so we just, it's definitely a reward for their hard work and dedication. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, you know, I, I, I obviously missed out on the cash prizes for all my <laughs> hard work and all my efforts. and. Uh, I don't know that it's morally ethical to lie about my age and try to compete in the NBG <laughs> as a 32 yeah. year old man. But uh, uh, yeah, maybe I'll, maybe I'll get my kids involved and see see what they mm-hmm. can do. Um, but I, I, I think that that's so awesome. I just I, I wish that that had been a component whenever I was involved uh, in Bible quizzing. But like you said, it's it's not really the, the money is cool. And that's a, it's a great um, offering to give to those who commit themselves to memorizing the word of God. But like you mentioned earlier, it's remarkable to see how young people's lives are impacted and changed and influenced by the scriptures that they are memorizing. So you've got 13, about 13,000 kids who were involved just this last season. Do you have any 
testimonies of young people who have been impacted by the study of God's word that you can share with us today? Yeah, I, you know, there's, we, we get so many over the years. It's, it's super encouraging. I mean, that's like one of my favorite parts is to hear these testimonies from families. One particular uh, story that stands out to me, this wasn't this last year, but this was actually a, a few years back, several years ago, but uh, a young man and his family were traveling. And this just speaks to, this is not about National Bible Bee. This is about the impact of God's word, right? Sure. That it has on our lives and how it, right. how it really can infuse strength and hope into our kids. And, you know, um, the, this family was traveling, the mom and her son, and they were on the highway and they were actually uh, rear-ended by a semi. And it was a incredibly disastrous um, accident. And it left the young boy in a coma. And the doctors were saying this, this child is not going to make it. We don't believe he's going to make it. We don't feel like even if he does make it, he's going to be able to um, have his mental faculties about him. He's going to have some severe deficiencies even if he makes it. And so, as you can imagine, as a parent, as a, as a father, that's devastating. Sure. And uh, this is a family that had been participating with us for several years. And um, they'd done well. You know, they, you know they, they had really taken it quite seriously. They'd been competitive. And... Um, you know, they said, you know what, we're we're just going to trust God and we're going to stand on his word. And they prayed, of course, and they they believed God for healing. And to make a really long story short, um, they the doctors, of course, were giving every kind of bad prognosis you could imagine. And uh, the, the the mother and the father just said, you know, we're, we're going to choose to believe God's word and we're going to stand for restoration for him. And um, as they, they the doctors were baffled as they started to see over time, they would just sit there and they were quoting scripture and they were talking to him and they were praying for him and they were singing and they were just, you know, uh, believing God, really. They're just trusting the Lord for something awesome. And um, over the course of time, he, the young man began to come to and the doctors were like, well, that's great, but, you know, we don't really think that, that, that he's going to have it there. You know, his mental, he's going to have severe disabilities, physical disabilities, mental disabilities deficiencies. And um, as they were, as he began to came to, you know, he opened his eyes and he looked up and one of the first things that this is from his mom telling us uh, the, the first thing that he said was one of his verses he had memorized in the summer. He began to quote out of the book of John. And, and of course, as you can imagine, the, the first thing that came to mom and dad is like, it, not only is he here, not only is he alive, but he's guys, he's remembering things that we were working on. I'm sorry. Uh, he's remembering these we're working on. It's coming back to, him. and and it's just it's amazing to see how God's word it takes root, you know. And that's our right. we're not just in it for oh let's memorize it and let's win a prize. That's all great. It's all for us. That's bait. But it's really about getting kids centered and focused on loving God's word, learning God's word, and and just to hear these testimonies of how Scripture was just so embedded in this young man when he opened his eyes. That's the first thing he did is he quoted this, this passage from John he'd been working on. So. You know, uh, it's just cool to hear those kinds of stories. And, and he went on to make a full recovery and continue to compete. And wow. now they're living as missionaries overseas. So just wow. an incredible testimony of God's goodness and the impact that his work can have in our lives. Yeah. Yeah, that's incredible, man. Praise God for that. I, th I think it is so neat to, to see how the word of God transforms us and how it impacts us. One of the unique things that I remember so you get a little older as a quizzer, you know, you're a teenager, you're about to graduate high school, you're a little more competent. You think you know a lot more than you do, just like all teenagers do. But <laughs> you hear one of the big things that I heard was um, 
parents didn't want their kids to be involved in Bible quizzing because it, they didn't want memorizing the scriptures and putting such an emphasis on that to take them away from their schoolwork. But one of the things that we saw time and time again, and maybe you can speak to this as well, is the people who were involved in Bible quizzing that I knew were going to college at the same time. They were having 4.0 GPAs. They were excelling academically. It's almost as if the the work that they were putting in to um, using their mental capacity and stretching their mental capacity to memorize the scriptures almost enabled them to do even more academically. Um, it was a it was a horrible excuse for parents to use because all of the people involved in quizzing seemed to do better academically than their peers who weren't involved in quizzing. Is that is that something that you've seen as um, maybe a, uh, some sort of a blockade for parents wanting their kids to be involved? Or do you have any stories related to that? Yeah, I think it is something that you hear often, right? Because, you, you, of course, as parents, we want the best for our kids. We want them to excel and we want them to do well academically and, and, and so that they're set up for their, their future. Um, but I will say that I, I think you're dead on with it. You know, the, the kids that, you know, the brain's a muscle. And yeah. when you're exercising that muscle and you're you're drilling and you're remembering and you're quoting and you're studying and you're connecting dots contextually in scripture, you're, you're, you're firing on all cylinders. And I think that does translate over into academic stuff. Our, mm-hmm. our kids that we see at the highest levels of Bible B competition, they're also really, really strong academically. Um, they're also involved in lots of other things. So I, I think it is a poor excuse. I think you're right. You know, it's it's easy to say that. Um, but in the reality is, is when you're working out your, your brain like that and you're just from a practical standpoint, you're exercising right. your brain, you, you're growing. It's not it's not getting less. It doesn't diminish right. with use. It increases with use. And so I think that, uh, you know, we've had some of that. But once once parents see and they realize like, oh, this is really adding and it's, it's adding uh, value. It's obviously adding spiritual value, but it's adding other yeah. value as well, just practically speaking. So um, I think you're dead on with that. I, I think that, um, you know, it's easy for us as parents. We're all busy, right? Everyone's busy. Families are busy. Life is just busy. Yep. And so you, when you think about, oh, this is one more thing that's going to take a lot of time, it's easy to kind of maybe fabricate some reasons why we shouldn't do it. Um, but I think the, the benefits far outweigh um, the demands of, on our schedules and time. Absolutely. And if you are going to add an additional workout to the brain, what better workout than memorizing the scripture? Uh, That's such a I think scripture memorization is a component of our Christian faith that we sometimes overlook uh, Mm -hmm. because it does require time and it does require uh, discipline and diligence. It's not just something that. I'm going to read this verse once and then I've got it and I'll never have to read it again. That's that's not how it works. Memorization is rooted in repetition. It is constantly going into the word over and over and over again. But this is what this is what the Bible instructs us to do. I mean, you can read it about you can read about it in Deuteronomy six. This is the Shema. Israel was to hear that God was one and to love God with all their heart, their soul and their might. And the words that were commanded to them that day, they were to talk about them from the moment that they woke up until the moment they laid down, when they went out of the house, when they were in the house, it was supposed to be frontlets between their eyes and a sign on their hands. They were supposed Mm -hmm. to write it on the post of their house and on the gates. It was something that they were supposed to consume themselves with. And 
It's not just in Deuteronomy 6, it's throughout scripture. Joshua 1, 8, the, I don't know. We, so we memorized the KJV. I don't know what, what translation y'all do with NBB, but we did K, KJV. So, you know, Elizabethan English here, but the only verse in the Bible in the King James that talks about success that has the word success is Joshua 1, 8, and it's rooted in meditating day and night in the word of God. And even in the New Testament, we have plenty of proof for this. Second Timothy 2.15, Paul writes, Study to search to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. This is something that we are implored to do as believers. And this is something that I think a lot of adults don't always do, that I think we should do more. Even speaking to myself, I did it, you know, I, I did it pretty ferociously as a young person, but I have I have slacked as an adult. I can honestly admit that I don't I don't commit myself like I used to. But I think as fathers, if we can get our kids involved in something like this at a young age where we don't just allow them to have one memory verse a week at Sunday school and then once they age up into the youth group, they no longer do this. Or once they sit in the pews of big churches, like we used to call it as kids, mm -hmm. uh, then there's no longer a memory verse. You just listen to the sermons. Uh, I, I think that this is something that as parents, we really need to consider and we really need to get our kids involved in. Um, a few weeks back, I did an interview with William Lane Craig, and that was fun. That was fun for me to do. I bet. Um, but yeah. he, <laughs> but he uh, I, I watched him for years as a, as a teenager and still to this day. But one of the things that he said that I thought was so good is that, you know, the he, he tied it specifically into apologetics and teaching your kids apologetics. The calling first is for parents themselves to learn apologetics and to, and to study apologetics so that they can then transfer and teach it to their kids that we should know our subject profoundly and then be able to share it simply with our children. Brian, help me out with this. What does NBB do to position parents to be able to work with their kids and help their kids when it comes to the memorization of scripture? Yeah, so one of the, the things that we built pretty much our entire curriculum program on that we go through with our summer study is that it's family integrated. And so one of the goals is that it, you know, it starts at five years old, right? And all the way up to age 18. And the idea is that all of the children, our mission is the kids, but we know that when you're, when you're hitting the kids, you're hitting the family, the, the parents as well. And whether that be mom and dad, or maybe that's grandma or, or whatever, but the, the goal is that we take, um, scripture and we lay it out in such a way where everyone all the kids can can easily uh study and learn at their level but that it also draws the parents in because when you know when maybe the 10 year old 11 year old is saying hey can you hold these flashcards for me while i'm doing this and they're working with them they don't necessarily need every minute of oversight right because the, the the kid can work through the curriculum and it's age appropriate where they can work through it on their own but it draws the parents in and the parents are engaging and you can't help but when you're hearing that and you're dialoguing about it and you're like, well, okay, well, what are, what are we talking about? And the kid's saying, well, we're studied about, you know, Jesus and in, in the miracle at Cana, or we're looking at the, the disciples being the, some of the first witnesses of Christ and they're spreading the gospel. So what does that mean? And they're all of a sudden we're unpacking 
context and we're un unpacking, you know, what is it, what does it mean? And now we're having conversation and there's dialogue there. So although that's not a specific goal, it's an unintended consequence that we see and we hear about all the time because families begin to dig in the word together and parents are in, I mean, I've got three boys. And when you see your child doing something that you're just, you know, we all have those moments of admiration, like, wow, they are really taking this seriously. Like they're really into this. They're invested in yep. it. You can't help but be encouraged to do the same thing as well. And so parents, we, we see heavy involvement from parents and they're not just hearing it or just holding the flashcard. They're learning it and they're, you know, re-upping the priority of memorizing scripture in their own life. So um, while our mission is specifically kids, it's awesome to see parents, moms and dads, grandmas, uncles, um, older siblings that maybe are aged out of our our range uh, yeah. participating in this and, and developing that passion for scripture as well. Yeah, and I think that's a beautiful component that you brought up, how you see your kids doing something so admirable and you want to be involved with that. You want to participate yourself because you want that you want that connection. So I think about the Apostle Paul talks about this in Philippians chapter three. He he says, oh, that I might know him and the power of his resurrection and and in um, the fellowship of his suffering. The Apostle Paul didn't want to just just know God from, you know, an outside perspective. He didn't want to just be able to empathize with what Christ did. He wanted to be able to sympathize. So he wanted to go through similar suffering so that he could relate because I, I use this example a lot. So I have a really close friend of mine. He has a son with autism. And while I might have a podcast on fatherhood and I can talk to you know, dads anywhere and everywhere. I can talk to a father who has kids with autism or a child with autism, and I can relate to some extent over time. But my buddy with another autistic child could have that conversation and in minutes establish a deeper connection than I could just because they're in the same boat. And I think that that's a wonderful thing as parents. You know, you get to see your kid do this, but then you yourself start to engage with it. I mean, I remember just being a coach. So I had a unique opportunity. I had, I was able to coach my sister. Uh, so that was cool because yeah. my sister, um, a lot of her teenage years, she was kind of a wild child. She didn't really go to church and didn't really have an interest in that. And eventually at around 16, she kind of came around uh, and really changed her life and she got involved in Bible quizzing. And so I was able to uh, participate and help as her coach, but after you quiz for 10 years, they often recycle the material. So uh, it was neat for me being able to know the material that she was studying and watch her compete and then being able to know in the moment how she was doing and being able to relate and understanding how she thought and how she was able to break things down. Uh, it just gave me it gave me an avenue to be able to relate with her in a deeper way than just, oh, you're doing a good job or, oh, you, you know, you made this mistake. Uh, and I think I think that's a neat component. Now, I love I love what you had to say about how you actually set up the curriculum. And I think this is great for parents to hear. So when I when I did Bible quizzing, like I said, I did King James Version. This is Elizabethan English. You know, the old school people would say if it was good enough for John the Baptist, then it's good enough for me today. <laughs> <laughs> Different conversation. But uh, so much of the time that I spend as a quizzer, I'm learning KJV, a language that we really don't speak that much anymore, unless you're, you know, really into Hamlet. And so there were a lot of things that I just had memorized, but I didn't really understand. Now, I like how you first approached this at NBB with creating study material and then having 
you know, the scriptures identified throughout that. Can you talk more about how your curriculum is set up to help kids not just know the word, but also to understand the word? Sure. Yeah, and that's really so there's in our mission, there's two things. Right. And so it's to engage them with the study and memorization. So we're trying to do both. And so we found that over the years, you know, we've developed different things and we've grown along the way. But what we do is we take uh, so we'll have a theme every year, for instance, you know, believe was our theme this year. And we went through the first uh, part of John. And so we break it down to an eight week unit, you know, eight units, one, you know, five lessons per, uh, you know, one lesson per day, five days a week for eight weeks. And so it's, it's a summer study and in built into that curriculum, the kids are learning how to study the Bible, right? So it's both things. It's to study the Bible and to memorize it. We found the best way to memorize is to have an understanding and that you're not just, you're not just saying the words, but you're understanding what's happening in these chunks of scripture and understanding what is actually being said. What was the authorial intent? What was meant to be said? What was the audience? You know, we're teaching kids how to study the Bible on their own. And so we're so, walking them through what it looks like to do original language stuff and keywords and how to do cross references and how to identify what's a key cross reference. And all these tools are just basically so that they can be successful Bible students on their own. And we're training them from five at the, you know, just getting their toes wet to 18, yeah. where we expect a lot more of them. And it's a little bit more rigorous. But sure. along the way, we're identifying key verses and saying, OK, well, let's memorize this passage. You know, so it might be a two verse passage. It might be a five verse. It depends, obviously, on the age of the kids. But when they're memorizing that, they're also studying the surrounding context to help them understand what's actually happening here. And there's just something about that, that, number one, they can take lessons from it. It's not just memory. They're taking like. Hey, I'm studying. I'm learning what the context of this. What was what is being communicated to us today? And I'm also memorizing. I'm internalizing it. Um, and you know, as we say, you often hear the, the saying that the longest six inches is from your your head to your heart. And so we we take that approach of we want to get them to understand as much as we can, and, and in the hope that as they they drill at it, as they go over and memorize and and rehearse and study, that it, it's dropping down in their heart, and then ultimately, of course, producing fruit in their life. That's that's the goal. Yeah, I think that's so wonderful. And again, just just Bible memorization and the understanding of the word, it is so fundamental to our faith. Uh, there, there's there's so much. It, there's so much about it, specifically in the Psalms. But you know, I just think uh, David writes and says that the word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. And that doesn't mean you just get to hold a Bible out and it's going to illuminate where you need to step next. It's it's the word that's that's inside of you. It's the word that you're beginning to understand that helps you better direct your life in a godly way. And I think one of the best things that we could do as Christian fathers is engage our kids with the word of God. And I, I think avenues like this, like the NBB, are such are such wonderful elements that we have at our disposal as parents to be able to use. Like you said, it's it's not it's not necessarily something that has to be hands-on for parents, but it is something that is worth being hands-on for parents. Uh, but to get your kid involved in something like that, I was on a podcast a few weeks back and I was asked, you know, what what's the What's the one thing that you'd want to leave with your kids? Like if, if you knew that this was it for you, what are you going to leave your kids with? 
for me, it was, you know, I, I want them to have a dependency on God. I know that, you know, if it's not even in me to direct my own path, then I'm not going to try and specifically direct theirs. What I want to do is point them in a good direction. I want to get them to God. And I know God will be the one who orders their steps. And so I think as parents, I think it is a wonderful thing. If we can engage our kids with the word, we should have the little Bible story books we're reading to them. We should be having these discussions with our kids all the time. And sometimes they'll be funny. <laughs> My wife is actually um, in Nashville currently with the kids. She's visiting some family and uh my sister-in-law called me and told me that they were on some little train ride in some little pumpkin patch thing that they were visiting and some people were complaining about it and so my brother-in-law was trying to spice it up for the kids and he asked him if he saw the skeleton that was in the forest and he said it was about 10 feet tall he said it might have been Goliath, Goliath's skeleton. And my son Frankie said, no, that's not right. Goliath was closer to nine feet tall. And I, I laughed really hard because we've had these little biblical discussions. It made me proud as a dad. You know, yeah, we, we don't have to debate about the height of Goliath, but it's just something that we talk about. Uh, we, we engage with the Bible. We, we talk about it. We elaborate on it. And I think as fathers, that's what we need to be doing with our kids. We need to be talking about the word of God and we need to be engaging them with the scriptures and I, I, I just I love the way that that National Bible Bee approaches this. So let, let me ask you this for anyone listening who has enjoyed what they've heard about NBB. How would a father, how would a parent go about getting their kid involved in National Bible Bee? Yeah, so we we do our best to really try to give as many resources as we can out like we we try to regularly post blogs and and send emails regularly to encouraging content engaging kinds of things um so you know obviously if they want to be on our mailing list they can visit our website and do that kind of stuff um the the, the way to like get officially involved in the program is we it's cyclical so annually we we do a registration in the spring every year that's normally the first part of March, the first couple of weeks of March. And so if you're interested in like officially going through the study and all and, and all the components, that would be when you would register your kids is in that, that first part of March. Um, we have all of our materials like from past years on our website. So if they're like, hey, I just wanna check one out and kind of see what it's like before we take, take that leap, they can go to our store and do that at biblebee.org. That's our website. You can go okay. and check it out there and see what's for you. But also, you know, we try to do our best to, to just keep co good content coming for them, emails and, and blog posts. And we're very active on our social media. You know, we're just highlighting kids and highlighting scripture and, and doing our best to encourage families, you know. Um, and so there's lots of ways to engage with us. You can just visit our website and, and uh, you know, sign up for our list if you're interested in, in knowing when that registration opens. Okay, very cool. So that's BibleB.org, B-I-B-L-E-B-E-E dot yes, sir. org. Um, so if you're watching, if you're listening, make sure you check out the website, check out the resources that they have. I, I love that you keep everything up from the past so that people can kind of get a taste of what they'll experience and consider getting your kid involved at, at, at the very least, take advantage of the resources and go through it as a family, allow it to be a devotional to you and to your kids so that you have common ground to talk about concerning the word of God, Brian. I know we have talked about NBB and we haven't really talked a ton about fatherhood, but you are a dad of three. And one of the closeout questions that I like to ask every dad 
is the best piece of advice that you would share to other dads? What would that be? Yeah, man, that's a tough one. Um, I'm by no means an expert. I, I do have three boys. None of us um, are. <laughs> I've got, yeah, I've, I've got a 16-year-old, a 14-year-old, and an 8-year-old. So we've got a little bit of each. And uh, I, I would say the thing that I try to keep, I don't know, if maybe it qualifies it as, as advice, but the thing that I try to keep top of mind that's been very helpful for me is really just two things. It's to be present with them. Mm -hmm. Just be in the moment. Um, we're super busy. All of us are. We work. We have church. We have our kids have activities, right? Um, I've got two that are in marching band, and that seems like a full-time job. And <laughs> so schedules get hectic. And so something I just remind myself of is to just be present. I don't remember a lot of things like big, huge events, but I remember that my dad was always around for me, and that yeah. le left something. He was just around. And when I say be present, I don't mean like be physically. Of course, that's important. But I mean it's so tempting when you're tired or when things are hectic to kind of just like sit and like zone or think about something else or get caught up in what's going on tomorrow. Um, I think the thing I always am constantly reminding myself is they're here in your house for a short period of time, be there with them, be there engaging with them. And um, so that's really one of the, the, the top priorities that I have. And then the other thing is just to, to be patient. <laughs> I, yeah. when I was on my, oldest son was first born. I don't know why I thought he was going to come out and be just the saint and he was just going to be perfect. And every, he was going to always listen to what I said. And we were never going to have any, any conflict or uh, I would never have to correct him. Um, and of course, over the years, we know that kids are, our kids are a gift from God, but they're just small people and they're, yeah. they're learning and they're growing. And um, what better way to foster growth? I feel like, and this is purely anecdotal. I'm not an expert, but I find the the level of my kids, the, the level that I am patient with them, um, it opens conversations. It opens their openness to hear from me. And it's not just, you know, oh, well, that's dad. That's dad's job. He's telling me to do something. But no, it's like, oh, my dad loves me. He's kind to me. He's patient with me. He's, he's long suffering with me. And I found, especially with my teenagers, that that's the biggest thing that in our relationship is as I've grown in patience, as the Lord's helped me to grow in patience, um, our relationships have grown stronger and stronger. Um, and sometimes that means picking your battles. Sometimes that means, you know, just waiting for the appropriate time to address something. Uh, and so that's what I would tell dads, particularly young dads. It's like, hey, just be patient. It's a long journey. It goes fast, but it's a long journey. And we got to give space for God to work in our kids' hearts. Ultimately, it's not up to us, right? We're, we can guide them. We can point them, like you said earlier, Anthony, just pointing them in the right direction, point them to him. But ultimately, it's God's spirit that's working in them. And we have to give them sometimes a little, be patient and allow, just as God's working in our lives, he's working in their lives. And it's not always on our timetable. That's right. Yeah, that's beautiful advice. Be present, be patient. Those are two wonderful takeaways that we always need to be reminded of his father. So thank you. Thank you, Brian, for sharing that. Thank you for the work that you do at National Bible Bee, for your involvement, for the impact that you're having. Um, the work that you do isn't just something that, you know, you go and you get a job done. The work that you do is something that goes out and benefits young people, but that goes out and that benefits families and that goes out and that benefits communities. There's a huge impact to what you're doing. 
So thank you for your commitment to that. And thank you for sharing a little bit about National Bible Bee today. It's been a true pleasure having you on the podcast. Well, thank you, Anthony. I appreciate what you're doing. I, I love this kind of thing. I, I appreciate that you've got a, a passion for helping dads and building that community, encouraging them. So um, it's incredible. And thank you for having us and allowing us to share a little bit about what we do. Absolutely. Thank you, sir. As someone who was involved in a very similar program growing up, I can tell you that memorizing the Word of God was the greatest thing I ever did as a young person. I was blessed back then, and I'm still blessed to this day from the Word that has been hidden in my heart. I might not be able to quote everything as good as I could back then, but I'm still blessed today and impacted today because of the Word that is inside of me. Fathers, I'm going to encourage you, start memorizing the Word of God. You might do one verse a week. Just get started. Commit the Word of God to your heart and to your mind and instruct your kids to do the same. Do it alongside of them. Talk about the Word with them. This is what we are instructed to do as fathers, to bring them up in the training and the instruction of the Lord. We do this with the Word of God. We can't just go to church and listen to a sermon and that be it. We have to take personal accountability for our study and for our understanding, and we have got to get in the Word. So I'm going to encourage you to go check out BibleB.org and look at the free resources that they have available. See if you can use the curriculum as a devotional for you and for your kids. If your kids are young like mine, make sure you have a Bible storybook where you can just read the stories to them and talk to them about all the different things in the Bible. Dads, we know what we're doing. If you're listening to this podcast, you know there's more to fatherhood than just making sure that your family is safe. You're on a mission. We have a purpose, and we know what we're doing. We are fathering our future, and the best way that we can do that is with the help of God, and we will have His help if we have His Word in our heart. It will light the path and show us what to do, not only as men and not only as husbands, but also as fathers. This is Fathering Our Future, the podcast for dads. I'm Anthony Vandegrift. Thank you so much for being with me, and I hope you will join me next time. Thank you again for listening to Fathering Our Future. If this episode has served you or you believe it will serve another dad in the future, make sure that you leave a like, a comment, a review, or share this so that it can reach another dad. And so that you don't miss out on another episode, make sure you subscribe to Fathering Our Future wherever you listen to podcasts. And again, for more great content, head over to www.fatheringourfuture.com.